We're incredible. Indeed. We are good to go. Yes. Good to go. All right, Verge. You ready? Let's fire it up. Yeah. Welcome to episode four of Feather and Mountain Podcast. I am your host and veteran reader, Delusions of Grendel. With me is my fantastic, marvelous co-host, Virgil. Virg, how you doing? Coming in blind again. Let's do this. Let's see what you got today. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, and joining Virg and I today on this very, very special occasion, we have Shansony the troll hunter you may know her as, and the fantastic lesbian nerdy, or Jenny, as her alter ego. Hello, ladies. How are ya? I'm good. I, I love that Jenny is my alter ego instead of <laughs> lesbian nerdy. I mean, here on the Wheel of Time community, we all recognize you as a floating memoji head. That so is <laughs> that is true. Although Virgil has no idea what you're talking about. So I actually saw it one time when I was just before any of this started. Oh, I actually okay. asked. That was the one that the one that was dancing, right? Yeah, I asked who that was. So I, I am weirdly aware of that one. So yeah, okay. perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when uh your um, avatar was doing its infamous Rick roll. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Makes sense. <laughs> we know it well. Um, so why don't uh, Chance and Jenny, why don't you guys introduce yourselves first for our listeners who don't know who you are? And I suspect that's no one, but I'm just trying to be a courteous fucking host. So go with me. <laughs> Proceed, Chance. Oh, well, I'm Chanceny, and I um, don't really do anything, but... I'm around. So, I mean, I am technically a content creator because I created one piece of content. You did indeed create some content. She uh, sang a beautiful song for the uh, parody song contest. Yes, I am uh, lesbian nerdy, as they uh, said. I create Wheel of Time YouTube videos often. I Yes, about uh, topics that we might be addressing today. So Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> um, and then just because of the nature of the topic today, um, pronouns, uh, delusions is she, her, verge. Him, he. I am also she, her. Chance. Also she, her. Perfect. So there you go. Um, so today's topic is, uh, Verge has mentioned he, he's going in blind and he's not wrong. <laughs> so, um, Verge hasn't really been exposed too much to the fandom. He is, uh, seeing things that I've given him access to, or that we've talked about. Um, obviously he knows me as a human, so he's well aware of, of my thoughts on, um, the patriarchy. Literally everything at this <laughs> point, but yeah. <laughs> What we're talking about today is uh, misogyny and a little bit of racism in both the, the a world sous-son of racism. Uh, um, what do you say? Uh, petite déjeuner de racism. Um, a breakfast of racism. <laughs> yeah, it's the most important meal of the day. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Um, so we're going to be talking about those aspects, both in the world of the Wheel of Time, and uh, I mean, it was written 31 years ago by a cis het white male. Um, so there's guns to be themes, <laughs> and uh, um, 
within the fandom itself. And what we're going to do, because again, Verge, never reader, we are not going to use character names. We're going to talk in sweeping broad strokes about arcs and themes and events that might happen, but uh, kind of avoiding any reference to who those characters might be. So no spoilies. Navigate away. Take us down this very winding road we're about to go down all right let's do it yes um so preamble again uh in terms of of my feelings about this um once upon a time i i had a an a bachelor of of honors arts in english and i don't think that it's a disservice to jordan to criticize his work this was written 31 years ago i see no issue with critically examining um the work both contemporaneously with the time that it was written in and with the lens that we're reading it now. Uh, Verge, you've asked me a couple times what I think about changes being made to the show. I'm going to say if they don't make some of the changes that we're talking about today, I will flip tables. I love that you brought your Bachelor of Arts in. (laughs) (laughs) I took grade 12 English, so I think it's totally acceptable yeah. for me to critique this because <laughs> theoretically when i was saying grade 12 english it had been written quite a bit earlier so yeah no so you're good yeah, I'm, you're, we're all we're going, all critics today yeah. <laughs> all right yeah no i uh i think it was a long time ago things have changed some things could change more that's for sure but uh yeah i guess ask away i will do my best to give an opinion if you will (laughs) um so first why don't we i think let's just touch on kind of our experiences um individual experiences in the fandom uh both prior perhaps to creating content and uh shans i don't care what you say i do consider your youtube comments to be content (laughs) yes (laughs) 100 (laughs) percent uh shans why don't you go first and just kind of um introduce us to your world of what when you first got involved with the fandom and what you've noticed in your tenure as resident troll hunter Well, my experience with the fandom has been relatively recent. Um, Prior to, I want to say about two years ago, I didn't really engage with the Watt fandom much at all. Um, I kind of had a long hiatus. Uh, Grendel, I know you know all about this, but like I had a long hiatus where I didn't read the books while they were coming out. Um, once Crossroads of Twilight came out, I, I kind of pushed pause and I didn't really pick them up again. And during all of that time, when I was reading them from the early 90s until now, I wasn't really engaging with the fandom outside of my own family because my mother and my sister are also both Watt fans. So I engaged with them, but not with like the fandom at large. So when I did discover the fandom on YouTube and other social media, it kind of came as a surprise to me that um, there was a very different perception of some of the events and characters and themes that was prevalent out there than I had personally experienced. And that had been the experience of my mother and my sister. So um, that, came as a surprise and it initially made me think, well, am I the one that's wrong? Did I read these books wrong? Um, And so I started to kind of um, 
try to like see what their point was, you know, because people would respond to certain characters differently than I did. And I would go, well, oh, well, did I not read them correctly if there is such a thing? And um, on my reread, I discovered, no, I pretty much had it right the first time. <laughs> so, um, it, but it was good to do that little gut check. So yeah, that's kind of the, the broad stroke. Yeah. And uh, Jenny, what about for you growing up and then now that you've started releasing some content into the wild? Yeah. Um, well, I also didn't really engage with the fandom until very recently. I uh, I don't know if it was before or after I heard that there was going to be a show, but I did start like looking and seeing what people were saying. The first online community I discovered, and you're all going to like cringe when you hear this, was the what community on Reddit. And uh, yeah, see, I'm looking at those faces and seeing, yeah, it, um, you know, there's a bit of a lean on Reddit and it is, there's just a, online communities have a tendency to skew mail. And when they do tend to skew mail, there's a perspective that goes with that. And uh, I also was shocked. Like there are, there are characters, I'm not going to say names or whatever, that I, for example, have to use a term that delusions created, I have hot nuanced feelings about and would think, oh, I, I feel some kind of way about this character. And then went into Reddit and was like, oh, no, 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 not like that. Like I just, ah, it was, there's a lot of, toxicity. <laughs> toxicity is the word that I'm looking for. Yeah. And then uh, once I started creating my own content, and I, I'm struggling to look back and remember the order that things happened in i i've only been doing content for like a year but for some reason it's like it's hard for me to put the order on that i've noticed a difference in the responses to say i mean granted i address topics that other content creators necessarily don't address but i've noticed a difference in the way people react when i post about something and when say a white gentleman will post the same thing there is a different reaction to when i do it yes a, a lecturing tone is often yeah. taken in the comments uh, yeah. pages and pages and diatribes about how your experience actually as a lesbian is entirely wrong yeah and the characters that you relate to is wrong is and wrong. let a <laughs> cishet male tell you all of the ways that you are wrong. Yes. And it's not like there, there's that we're all talking about the same one specific commenter when we say that there are he he is not the only one like there's a lot of you're wrong. You're wrong. You read the books wrong. Are you an idiot? Are you wrong? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I get a lot of that. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I started out in the fandom about 20 year, 21 years ago now. I joined a good old book forum, so I don't know what you were doing in grade seven. I was, I was farming, <laughs> literally. Well, you could catch me slaying, yeah, <laughs> slaying yeah. dragons and taking names at 2 a.m. Awesome. on a weekday. Um, but it was it was an interesting exposure. I still remember the very first comment I read. And because we're, we're, we're going to eventually get into Aja's and the power, I'm just going to say this was uh, when I joined the, the very first post I read on um, the forum I was on was all in caps. And it said, is every red Aja a lesbian? And it just, and like so many people, I distinctly remember like my little 11 year old self reading through these comments and, you know, being a 
the year 2000 and the disaster that I am, I was reading this being like, oh my God, gross. Like what series is this? <laughs> Dis- and like, but all the commenters were going through and saying like, just disparaging things about this one group of women, mm-hmm. um, which was like an interesting exposure to the fandom. And uh, <laughs> of course now, as we've we've made our way through with the show being released and getting more involved and, and active in the community and voicing my opinion from time to time. Um, I've been told to shut up. I've been told I'm wrong. I've been told that my opinion needs to be amended. I've been told that I'm reading the books wrong and that that's not what happened. And basically, uh, extensive justification has been provided for male characters and why they do what they do and why it's not actually misogyny. I'm just reading too much into the text and putting too much of my own twist on it. So. And I just want to speak to one thing you said there about the uh, red Aja and lesbians. I have heard people say this recently, not necessarily just about the red Aja. I've heard people like in the last year on there, I don't even want to say where, but like say things like, Oh, the Aes Sedai always read as lesbian to me because there's no men around and they don't like, like it, this lesbianism being defined by its relationship to men, as opposed to being defined, like men have to be the center of like the re- the only reason someone would be a lesbian is because of what they don't like about men, not what they like about women. Like that doesn't make, it's such a weird thing. And it's a, yeah, Jenny, like you don't you don't love vagina, you hate dick. That's exactly that's right. Yes. My my very it's all focused on men. Sorry. So even yeah. Rest assured, <laughs> even to lesbians, men are the center of our world. <laughs> like that's that's the the mentality. So it's a frustrating. It's frustrating to hear that still in like 2021. Um We've kind of touched on misogyny, so why don't we start there? Because misogyny, I think, exists both in the world and in the fandom, whereas racism, I would suggest, not as prevalent in the books itself, more apparent in the fandom. No! What? What? (laughs) So maybe it's easier to kind of, like, start off talking about... um, just the way it rears its ugly head throughout, you know, the 15 books and what we've maybe noticed and then kind of what we're hoping for change. And feel free to like fire questions off to Verge as we rant and rave and uh, get his little cishet perspective. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm being silent so far, but this is a listening experience for me. I've not been exposed to any of this, so mm-hmm. I don't have anything that I can really, you know, I, I, I don't have that equal level with you by any means, nor would I ever think I would be. So I'm here to listen for a little bit, but please ask any question you want. I will do everything I can to answer it, but be gentle. Okay. I'm yeah. here I'm here for this experience too. I'm just laugh I'm smiling because I was like, oh, that is a friend of delusions. I can tell. <laughs> like when listen. she was talking about all that, like being told to shut up, being everything, I was like, "Was that baseball last yeah. year?" And that was when you were clearly out, but so- read the book and said, "No, I was safe." So, or literally every argument that we've ever had. So, yeah, no, um, uh, yeah, being friends with delusions is um, if you want to question something with her, 
you need to know that you're in for the long haul. Oh yeah. So you better have your facts right and you better be base point. And sometimes if your facts are straight, you're still going to lose. <laughs> so it's just, it is what it is. So. Yeah. So yeah, please proceed. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so I guess one of the first things that we can kind of talk about, and uh, I'm just going to start with this and I'm going to get Jenny, you to talk about this for the most part, just because I actually cited your video about it today. Uh, so earlier today on a different forum, I was having a discussion about misogyny as, as, it, as it comes up. And uh, one of the points that I got met with was that uh, this is a matriarchy. It's a matriarchal society. And so uh, women have to lose power in order for there to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know where you had that conversation, but I have had that exact argument conversation on Reddit. And I honestly, when I read it until I looked online, did not know that that was a perception of these books, that it was a matriarchy because the world felt exactly the same. The power dynamics in the world felt exactly the same as in the real world. Yes, there are things like uh, Aes Sedai, which I'm just, like, you know, Virgil, they are like, women can use magic and yeah. the men. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the only things I know. For good okay, reason. that is true. But everybody hates them. And everybody's afraid of them. And everybody like is like, oh, they're, they're, you know, they lie and they manipulate and they like, women have these positions of power, but they are despised for it. And they also, and I'm going to just say this without being like, women have to intentionally limit their power in order to be acceptable to the world, right? It, which is something, I, I can't say that, I, that's that's a bit of a spoiler, but it's it's frustrating that that is the way it is. And there are kingdoms, for example, in the world where there are female matriarchs, but in those worlds, you still have a very segregated, men do this job and women do this job. And the jobs that men do do tend to be the jobs that earn money and the jobs that women do. Well, there are women who earn money, but it's just, it's, it's not the same. And the way that uh, in the world women go up is by going through traditionally masculine, like go up in status is by pursuing traditionally masculine career paths and it's this idea. Someone actually commented on one of my videos recently. It's, it's a very male idea of what women want, which is that if like, if things were equal, women just want to have the same jobs as men instead of, you know what, women might actually want to still have their own jobs, but have them valued the same as men. Like uh, that would be a case where, you know, a woman, like women tend to go into teaching roles, but teaching roles don't get tend to get paid as much as other roles. So in a world where things were equal, teachers would get paid as much as university professors, which tend to be men. Like that's, it's one of those things. And you also don't see in the wheel of time, uh, men pursuing traditionally female roles, which again, in a world that was matriarchal, but that would be the way it goes because the way you raise your social status is you try and imitate the people of a higher social status. But that doesn't happen. You don't have men becoming uh, seamstresses or what? Seamsters? What's the masculine version of a seamstress? I really like seamster as it (laughs) sounds like some sort of like, I don't know, mob boss. 
yeah, so yes, seamster. Let's go with seamster. Why don't we masculinize a feminine word instead of doing it the other way around? <laughs> Let's just do that. Like you don't get men taking care of the children unless it's a very weird thing that happened, like your wife died or it's an orphan and I just found him on the road and I'm just going to look after him because I'm a nice guy. Like you don't get men being like, I'm going to look after the kids. That like The women always do masculine things. The men only do feminine things when they have to. And that's not a matriarchy. A woman having a position of power, like one woman having a position of power, does not a matriarchy make. Like the Queen of England being a queen doesn't mean that suddenly the UK <laughs> is a matriarchy. Are that... you telling me that Lizzie didn't save the world? No, she didn't. So it's just, but people make that assumption. And it's, I, yeah. I talked about this at length in a video that you can't watch, Virgil, but I honestly never noticed it. And then when I read it, I was like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. And I will also say Robert Jordan specifically actually said he only created one explicit matriarchy in his world. Yeah, I think on that, like you touched on one note that really hit home from an article I read this week. And it was talking about a female CEO and how she just wanted to be known as a CEO. Mm. She didn't need that title ahead of it. Like no one else has that and that is something that registered for that. And then talking about men taking a less, um, not a less, a different role, a non-normal, if you will, or however you want to put that role or whatever. And then you got the connotation that a man is seen as weaker when really they could just enjoy that role and succeed at it, right? Like there's so yeah. many things like that. Like I'm a born and raised farm kid. My sister stayed in the house, however, raised by a power feminist woman. So I also had to come in and cook and clean after I did all the farm work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, a little bit of a both thing there though, but the interesting thing of a childhood with that raising is I had to be working. Whereas the other job for a lot of people I was raised with, that wasn't something that men did in the house and it didn't mm -hmm. make a lot of sense. Luckily my household was very different. Yeah. I wouldn't say luckily I hated having to come in and clean after I just worked <laughs> outside, but yeah, I, I kind of, I, I can't, I can't relate by any means, but yeah. I 100% hear what you're saying. I guess what I could say. Yeah. It's, it's a, like we see it just in just general culture. Like we're all sitting here, most women can wear pants and that's seen as fine. But if a man wears a dress, there's a reason, like, why is he doing that? Why is he wearing there's a dress? There's a whole Instagram dedicated to, like, making fun of men wearing dresses. Yes. And it's, like, I mean, just biologically speaking, it makes more sense for men to wear dresses than women. But that is, like, a thing. Where men don't wear women's clothes. But women can wear men's clothes. Like, I could wear a suit. And everybody's like, oh, you look cool in a suit. But a, a man can't wear a dress. Men cannot do women's things because it brings you down in status. Women can do men's things because it brings you up in status. And the same thing exists in the Wheel of Time. It's the exact same power dynamics. So, like, yeah, to me, it literally was just, it's the same. So I didn't think it was anything to focus on. I'm going to have eyes wide open going into this show. I'm going to be, by the time I get to actually see this, it's going to be every <laughs> single detail. I'll just be glued to the screen watching it about 56 times over trying to read between the lines of everything that's awesome <laughs> yes well I'm, okay i think i bet you shant has thoughts on this too <laughs> so on the like way the society of wheel of time is a matriarchy um i obviously the Aes Sedai i always picked up on and responded to but i definitely did not feel that it was a perfect one-to-one -one flip of mm a reversal of the dynamic we see in the real world. I definitely did not think that when I read it and was surprised like you when that was the perception out there. 
because the forum that I first discovered was Reddit and it does, I said, it does skew male. That was a very male perception. I would be surprised to find out that a lot of women, like the majority of women also felt that. Like, I feel like most women read it and was like, yeah, no, this is, this is the same, but I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong on that. No, I mean, I would be shocked by that too, because even reading it and seeing, um, through the lens of some male characters and also watching some of our, our powerful women who have to use their bodies to get ahead, who mm-hmm. have to weaponize their sexuality, who can't just lead based on merit. There always has to be some reason or some excuse to have them in charge, whether that's lineage or the history mm-hmm. or tradition. Um, it's difficult to see women just being able to gain this, this level of strength on their own own um and that's you know that goes that plays on good and bad sides throughout like the those who work for the shadow those who work (laughs) for for the light there's 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 so much tension with women grabbing power and then Mm -hmm. there's so much satisfaction when women are ripped down from positions of power and quote unquote and let me be very clear that this is air quotes because (laughs) I cannot believe these words are coming out of my mouth when women are put in their place yeah aka humbled and made to be subservient to a man yeah it is the satisfaction in those moments that people feel are it's alarming it is alarming (laughs) I I will say this is not even something that I fault Robert Jordan for because I don't I again I could be wrong none of we're all reading into this man has passed away. We cannot assume his intention, but I never assumed that that was what he was writing. So it's fine. But if he was trying to write a matriarchy, then I would have critiques, but I don't think he was. No. I mean, whether this was an attempt at more gender balance, I would be interested in, but I don't think it's meant to necessarily be a world where women rule. Although that is an angle that perhaps the show will take. Maybe that's the spin because I know the initial pitch um, from Amazon, the first few articles that we got were about how the Rosamund Pike, the mm-hmm. show was going to focus on her. And She's it was, the biggest actress for sure. Yeah. yeah. But whether that means it's going to be through more of a, the lens of powerful women, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. This. Stay tuned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll check back in in a year. <laughs> um, but it's it's certainly uh, something that I, I I do hope the show addresses. And I don't I don't at this point I don't think I have a position as to whether I care if they, if they do want to make this more of a matriarchy. If they do it well, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. And if they just decide to make gender as irrelevant as race, I'm also really open and excited about that. I don't know if they can, though. Like, I don't know if they can make gender irrelevant given the source material. Because Robert Jordan, for all the, that he didn't do it, quote unquote, well by our modern eye, he, he was definitely trying to say something about gender. Yeah. I mean, just the magic system itself is. But I do think there has to be some adjustment just based on our current understanding of gender is different from the understanding of gender when the books were written so yeah i mean yeah. even gosh the the how gender how much gender has changed in the past five years and how mm-hmm. much um, more accepting the world is to non-binary and recognizing that more than two genders exist that um 
you know, we're not, we're not just stuck in these, these limiting labels. Column A, column B. Exactly. So speaking of the power and uh, in terms of, so we've talked about Sayadeen and Sayadar, Sayadar being the female half, Sayadeen being the male half, even the way it's constructed. So for men to access the power, they have to seize control of it. For women, they have to submit. And and that's literally the word that's used. Yeah, a character at one point actually says, let it happen. (laughs) Like Just lay back and let it happen. (sighs) Yeah. I have feelings (laughs) on that that I do not enjoy. Uh... It's like, like it's okay, it's very weird to be talking about this. I love this series. <laughs> that is a foundational aspect of this series that just the the way I describe it, I feel like a cat being pet the wrong way. It's just like, ah, no, just gonna ignore that that's happening. Like just <laughs> move on. <laughs> move on. And I mean, I just want to reiterate, it is okay to love something and still critique the fuck out of it. Because, yeah. you know, like again, Jordan was writing this 31 years ago. He's, I don't think he's a misogynist. I would never label him as that, but yeah. it doesn't mean that he doesn't have some internalized misogyny and that kind of bleeds out mm. into his work. And I think even some of um, the things that he wrote to be progressive, I think they can come across sometimes as now, 31 years later, like awkward, cringe, petting cat up the back the wrong way. So at, at the time yeah. though, as a never reader, at the time, though, from the writing that he has, was he ahead of his time, or was it he got to read that hard to make that assumption? There was nothing about these books that jumped out like, okay, he's actually he's making a conscious effort here. Like, because at that point in time, as someone that grew up it's in the sticks, like I can tell you that I still know a lot of people that need a lot of changing at yeah. this point in time, right? So, is his his is his writing considered kind of he was trending the right direction or is it kind of just to each their own mentality or was it overseen as that? I mean, I would say, and I honestly have not read a huge amount of fantasy. So this is my perspective. One of the ways I think he was definitely beyond trending the right way is there are female characters, a lot of female characters who have a lot of agency and separate personalities and their plots don't revolve around men. I, I, the friend of mine, uh, I have a friend of mine who's just started reading the series. And that was the first thing that she said. She's like, female characters. <laughs> like, that's exciting. And she, you know, she loves fantasy and reads a lot of fantasy. And that jumped out at her. And that, I think, is something that was, I, I don't know if it was new and different from a lot of fantasy at the time. But just in fantasy in general, as a genre, if you take all of it together, it is it is something that makes the Wheel of Time stand out a bit. But there were also other authors at the same time that were, I think, much more progressive than Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, can't think of any off the top of my head, but like... I can. I was going to say, I can only because of delusions. <laughs> she always mentions Robin Hobb. <laughs> so that's... But that is the that is one thing I would think may, is a big thing. Hit, female characters with a lot of agency. And who, yeah, a huge, a huge divergence from Tolkien, right? Yeah, oh who, gosh, yeah. Like wrote zero, and they had to give uh, some female characters lines and like more autonomy in the movies than they have in the books. And like, 
if you had seen the rage from people who were like so furious that Arwen was the one who took Frodo to Rivendell, my God. <laughs> I think if you actually, uh, I think somebody has done this where they've done like a statistical analysis and there's more female perspective in the books than male. I think that has been actually proven mathematically. Yeah, I think I'll just agree with that and state that it is a fact because I've heard it somewhere too and I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think a nice kind of segue because we've talked a little bit about the magic system um, and about women being ripped down from positions of power is to talk about some of the ways that happens throughout the books without going into spoilers. Like the this theme of ripping women down um, and humbling them and making them subservient and um, trigger warning. Uh, this will get into rape because that is a common theme, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that uh, our dear Jordan utilized throughout the books. Um, and it was uh, typically done, or it is typically done, to humble women to make them know that they are inferior to either one person who happens to be male or, or to a collection or an organization of people who are predominantly male. Uh, so, so that's something that especially, I don't think I picked up on it when I was younger, but now, now it, it stands out to me and it's, it's shocking how gratuitous the violence against women can be and how, Men throughout the series, if it happens, they just get to die. They don't get punished and humbled before they die. Mm -hmm. They get heroic moments. They get last words. They get duels and standoffs. And women um, are enslaved and beaten and raped and made to or uh, physically lose power. And made to know, quote unquote, their worth. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a thing. One of the things, as you said, you probably didn't notice it when you were reading when you were younger. One of the things that is interesting about Jordan's writing style is that you can miss a lot of the violence and gore, I guess, if if you want to. Like, you can literally just not notice it because he doesn't. He doesn't delve into it. Like I've heard, I've not read uh, George R.R. Martin, but I've heard that like his descriptions of things are graphic and explicit. Whereas Jordan will be like, vaguely describe something horrifying. And if you focus on it, it's like, holy crap, that's horrifying. But if you don't focus on it, it's like, oh, something is happening in my periphery that I'm not paying attention to. But as you get older or you, you know, read the books dozens of times and then you suddenly are like, oh, that's horrifying. I'm focusing on it now. And it's, horrifying the other thing i like as you you talked about women being humbled one of the new readers that i yeah i love listening to and and watching new readers but a new reader uh youtuber actually commented once that she didn't necessarily think that it was robert jordan's message but uh, because women just kept getting pulled down from power it made it feel like the story was saying women shouldn't be in power even if that wasn't his intent, that was just what kept happening is that women were constantly being pulled from positions of power and almost always replaced by a man or being pulled down from power by a man. Almost always, not always, but almost always. And 
that was the feeling that she was left with, even if it wasn't what was intended. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that we don't we don't think RJ intended for this to, you know, to send this message. Unfortunately, as as you read, and there's as as Jenny was touching on, like there's little details that are missed. I'm not going to say who it is, but there is a character that is tortured and raped literally for infinity. Yeah. Like how long this happens, no one knows. Um, and it's, you know, because uh, her character fucked up and was punished for it. She didn't fuck up any worse than men, but she was violently treated because of her mistake um and then she's subsequently enslaved to a man when she gets out so but like you don't read that necessarily in the text it can be something that you it's like literally a sentence you gloss over it you move on and it's so insignificant when you're processing it and it's not until you know you've read the series 20 times that you kind of (laughs) pause and say what What? the crap like what the actual fuck like literally that's what happened for me was just suddenly going "Mm, mm, mm." not to make light of the situation but you'd go down in a duel right oh fuck yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah no i've got a a few favorite characters and again like speaking you know kind of hearkening back to the show i hope um one showdown in particular i fucking hope we get death for a woman by a du- like by duels. By duel. Just like go out in a blaze of glory and like I think that could bring so much more autonomy to it. Mm-hmm. You know, women don't need to be quote unquote saved. Being <laughs> captured and enslaved to me <laughs> can be worse than death and also just like just let women die. Yeah. Just just let them die. I don't know why but there was like a reluctance to kill female characters but it resulted in instead of being killed they are humiliated and tortured and and raped and degraded that's not better that's not better than killing them so i mean there's a recurring theme in the books where uh one character refuses to kill women and this character keeps a list of of all the women who have died on his behalf and he almost lets people get killed because of his refusal to treat women's decisions equally (laughs) and just kill it. Just kill it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pathological. Will you make me read the books if none of this is in the show? (laughs) (laughs) I'll make you re-listen to this conversation. I will say, though, that I hope that the show doesn't clean everything up too much, because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the stuff that is problematic in the books is worth talking about, and that if it's too sanitized, if like uh, all the shades of gray are just kind of erased and we just get, you know, black and white, good guys and bad guys, that's not going to be as fun for me mm-hmm. than if they kind of acknowledge and address the things that are problematic in the books and actually present them in a context where it does lead to a conversation. I would agree with that. I I also like, there are certain, I mean, that character that you're speaking of, it's not presented in the books as like, this is a noble characteristic. Like that's a, it's a problem in the books. Like 
so you know even things like that are just like you know it's wrecking like it's address it's presenting this thing that might be considered a cultural norm like oh you know don't kill women as like mm, having this perspective is is not necessarily i mean not that i i just saw somebody say in the discord let women die you heard them say it for like not that we're advocating the murder of women this is not, an, yeah. this is not. <laughs> please do not just go out wantonly killing women please yeah. <laughs> please no delusion said so it's okay <laughs> she's a lawyer it's fine Dis- disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer yeah but yeah it no it's not presented as this is the the ideal way to think in the books so i'm gonna butcher this name essie etchy someone in discord mm. ecce <laughs> uh <laughs> um said that uh, Robert Jordan did write mm-hmm. uh, about killing a woman himself um, during the Vietnam War because we talked about how uh, Jordan fought in Vietnam um, and how it impacted him. And uh, the character who kind of dwells on this, the neuroses that he has, um, was a direct relation to Jordan's kind of internalized thoughts and sadness about the situation. Yeah, that's that's deep. That's, that's some serious... I mean... I said this at the start, and I'll just say it again. I don't have a lot that I can relate to any of this. Like, I I apologize, I guess, is the best way to put it for that. <laughs> I hear everything you're saying. Okay. <laughs> you you know? guys hear that? The white man has apologized. <laughs> yeah. It's good. We're fine. <laughs> we got this. We can yeah. move forward. Yeah. Patriarchy yeah. smash. No no disclaimer. We're good, right? So everything's yeah, just yeah. kind of cool now. A hard, part from, a hard part for me on the fictional side of this, right? So not the real life side of it. But the fictional side of it is I still don't know the time frame of this. So I don't know what era this was in. Not to say that makes it right or wrong for any of the situation whatsoever. But if you go back to power and not considering the one power that you're talking about in the show, but the actual power, you guys talked about lineage, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of power back in the day, if you go back to, let's say, the Vikings or anything along those lines, so much of it was based on power, intelligence, and lineage. Those were like probably the three biggest pieces, right? Mm -hmm. And you look at anyone of a female presence that was strong in history, um, those are the things that they brought to the table. But then there was always, I loved how you touched on, they always had to have something different. There's something that had to be unique or almost that you were scared of them or something along those. And I'm talking about historic figures uh, for women in history or whatever. But uh, I, I, I like, I just really understand that. It, it opened up a lot more for me. So in watching the show and the farther we get into this, that's something I'm going to look for. Cause I was thinking about, you know, uh, the Witcher, I was thinking about game of Thrones, right? Like the Witcher did from my standpoint, I'm new to this, be gentle. I thought they did a pretty good job with the one character. They really followed her throughout the part. You look at Brienne of Tarth though, that was based on someone that was six foot 10 that could beat everybody up. Right? Like mm-hmm. that was, pretty much the end of it and you see the theme of people being helpless even though they are in power whereas you always see men as unshakable in shows like it it, it's something that i have always noticed from my mother for sure and just from life experience is that you see a guy like john snow that was unshakable but you saw that the other stark women could easily be shaken off of one statement and i don't believe that to be true at all once again my mother never gets shaken whatsoever (laughs) so I just I, I hear I hear what you're saying, so I guess I'm excited to see how they turn this in the show. Mm-hmm. 
I I hate the more we do this podcast because I want to read the book the more we do it. So it's kind of a hard mentality. Or just look at spoilers. Someday I'm just gonna you gotta keep the bourbon away from me, or I'm just gonna go through all the spoilers one night and we'll call it a day. But yeah, no, I love that you guys went on about that, and that I kind of understand that a little bit. So I appreciate that. I guess it's delusion's secret plan to get you to read the books. <laughs> she has she has no secrets. To, to I know. All in the open at all times. Yeah, pretty, pretty fucking transparent over here. <laughs> um, no, and I think I think that's a good segue. You know, we've talked about the the show and 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 what it can um, be and how we hope it you know grows, but then also um, really like grows from what is in text, but then also really emphasizes some of the troubling themes that are so pervasive and it you know address it. Um, not fix it because, you know, this is, it's not always fixable. There's not a black and white solution as, as Shant, you were kind of touching on. Things aren't, things aren't black and white. We have, you know, that hot nuance, those shades of gray, the different perspectives, the different lenses that are going to be reading into this. And sometimes, I mean, we don't need like a Sansa rape just gratuitously thrown in there, but you know, there are themes that need to be talked about and discussed. Um, so moving from that uh, into the fandom and kind of of what we've seen, uh, not just w- from what's on paper um, in the books themselves, but kind of the reaction. We've touched on this a little bit in our introductions, um, but something that stands out to me is how certain women in positions of power, the labels that the fandom uses more often than not. So a woman um, who is ambitious she is arrogant she's a bitch she is and i know this is chansony's favorite so i'm gonna pass the mic to her she is a bad friend yes um it's interesting it's always interesting to me to see how various segments of the fan base respond to the various characters because they're all the same words on the page um but characters that I really responded to, really vibed with, um, a lot of the uh, fan base dislike very strongly. Um, and they are often labeled as bossy, arrogant, annoying, um, that they don't deserve their power, Mary Sue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whereas male characters who kind of go through very similar uh, reversals of fortune and um, elevated status, et cetera, that is just seen as the most perfectly natural thing in the world. And that- And and justified. Yeah, exactly. And it is lauded, it is seen as something that's really cool. And a lot of these uh, characters don't necessarily have any intrinsic abilities or skills or knowledge or intelligence that the female characters don't have. But it's just a very interesting thing to watch to see the way that the different segments of the fan base will respond to each of these characters. And um, and like I said before, like all of these characters are problematic. All of them have moments that are pretty much indefensible. Um, but you don't see the same degree of uh, pushback from the fan community evenly across the board on all of these characters. You see it very specifically 
um, a lot of pushback on the, the bad deeds of the female characters. And when you bring up the bad deeds of the male characters, a lot of times you'll just get, oh, I don't even remember what book was that? Like, yeah, yeah. when did that yeah. happen? Or the actions are rationalized. I was just going to say, get, oh, yeah. You'll get, um, but remember, this is what was happening when that person did this terrible thing. So you have to just like, you have to understand mm -hmm. or is that same courtesy of just understanding why a female character acts the way she does mm -hmm. is never extended. And uh, her flaws are repeatedly brought up throughout, you know, if, if a flaw happens in like book two, you hear about it, um, you know, at the end of the series, even mm -hmm. if her arc goes a completely different way, it's, it's, dwelling on the negative if a woman is not perfect if a woman yeah. has these shades of gray within her yes also i will say ignoring negative that is done by male characters like uh just literally a couple of days ago i was having a conversation with somebody about um there's a female character that does something magically that violates a male character in the books and it's oh she's awful she's horrible and, and it is it's horrible Male characters do the exact same thing to a worse degree. And literally it is not noticed. Like I pointed it out to somebody two days ago and they were like, Hope oh. they had not noticed it. Because, well, and and even in the conversation, like, well, these are the reasons they did that. Like, mm, it's not the reasons don't matter. Like it if it's violating an awful, then it's violating an awful. And but it doesn't get noticed because men did it to women. I mean, I I I don't want to say ascribe reasons to people for why that doesn't get noticed, but it, the fact is it doesn't get noticed. It isn't talked about in the fandom at all. So to be positive, uh, how do we hope <laughs> that the, that the show might, you know, perk up the fandom a bit? Is there anything that sh the show could do or are we all just terrified that the current <laughs> rhetoric that exists and it's not you know like I, i'm gonna say it's pervasive just because it exists across all platforms but it doesn't mean that it's the majority it's just a very loud minority of voices that we hear and there's you know some internal misogyny and that like i've had to revisit opinions but i absolutely have expressed internalized misogyny uh, misogynistic views about female characters in the series and have had to be swiftly corrected it's okay to learn from it and to grow from it and just to acknowledge it. Sometimes you need to take a beat, take a breath, examine where your defensiveness is coming from and learn from it. And that's, I think, all we can ask. Do we think the show is going to assist the fandom in learning how to take a breath and re-examine their own internalized views of things? I think that the show is already showing that they are aware of things um, just based on, I mean, we briefly touched on the subject of race and ethnicity um, earlier, but the way the show has kind of approached race and ethnicity, I think is indicative that they are having these conversations behind the scenes and that they are aware of the fact that this is something you can't just not address in 2021. Um, you know, uh, I think Robert Jordan tried to sort of avoid the issue of racism completely by just not ever really going into very much detail about people's apparent ethnicity, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and the show kind of very much 
leaned into that by casting people of a wide range of ethnic backgrounds. Um, because in the, the books, like it's literally never an issue. Um, and so, of course, that's when we get the toxic element of the mm -hmm. fandom uh, pushing back and trying to find all of these little throwaway lines, you know, throughout this 4.4 million word text of, well, this, this one line here means they needed to cast a white actor for this role. And it's just like, okay, you're telling on yourself right now <laughs> by saying something like this. Um, and I think that when it comes to gender, um, when it comes to addressing some of the more problematic elements of the, uh, the story, I think that they're gonna kind of do the same thing. They're going to not ignore it and they're not gonna just put a hat on it and you know, pretend it's okay. You know, I, I, based on what I've seen, I have faith that they're gonna do something, something right. I, I agree. I do think that there are limits on what they can do, just given, you know, as you said, this is like, what, four million words? They cannot, like, there are things that I would love to see them delve into that I personally, honestly believe that they will just take out, not because I think they are cowards or don't want to address it, but because of story time limitations of, you know, what they, if they focus on it, that it, it, there are things that if you put in a story, it will take it will take your focus and it will take you away from the main plot. And I I suspect like I hard. I the reason you can't watch a lot of my videos is because I have a lot of trouble talking without spoilers. <laughs> so um, but it noted. Is, yeah, it is uh, hard to address certain issues and just be like, and that's a thing that happened and we're going to keep going. Because if you put it into a show, it's going to be like, oh, wait, wait, no, we have to stop and look at that. Like, it's so I do. That is my suspicion is that there are things that I would hope would if in my wildest dreams and my, you know, of what the show would be would be addressed. But in my reality things, yeah, the story can exist without this. So maybe they will just move past it. Yeah, not because it's not important, but just because it's a lot of trauma to unpack. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of time, like I, I am hoping and like maybe this will be a separate conversation because, you know, there is so much trauma that happens to these characters in 15 <laughs> books. And a lot of them are just like, well, doody doody, off yeah. we go to the old mines and like, you know, uh, seven dwarves their way, like nothing at all is is wrong. So maybe that's, you know, something that. <laughs> that's then and then this is now. I mean, mental health, when these books were written, weren't a thing. You think about the leaps and bounds, long ways to go, but leaps and bounds that we've gone for that right now. You know, you got to think about the wear and tear of what these characters were back then. You didn't see the the mental like state. Obviously, I'm sure there's lots of things where you can see, but the mental state and the mental wear and tear that it took on, you know, for men and women where no one just got to say that they were hurting on the inside. It was like, who gives a crap? Get your job done. Keep going, right? So it'll be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, for you guys, eventually for me when I read the book someday, but um, to just to see the, the titch they put on now. I mean, now we're so far ahead. We talked about the binary thing earlier. We talked about he, she, we looked all those things. Mental health is another big one right now. We can go back to the misogynic, the misogyny of that where men weren't allowed to feel pain for forever mentally, right? Mm -hmm. Like mental health for men isn't a big thing. And we look at the suicide rates and how bad those yeah. are. And so how it's it'll like be really interesting. 
yeah, like the toxic masculine idea of, no, it's really good to just tough it out. Like, Put some dirt on it and keep on going. You bet. Yeah. There's a million things that have changed. You mm-hmm. you know, you could go all the way into concussions for God's sake, right? Like as a kid, I'd get them and they just say, you got cobwebs in your brain. Keep going. It doesn't matter, right? Now, everything like that, we've come far. This is great. So yeah. it's going to be uh, those. That's probably the only thing that I'm going to pick up on that you guys are talking about when the show first comes on. You're going to see if there's a softer side that's allowed. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean softer in a negative way. I mean that people are allowed to express their emotions. So softer was actually probably the wrong word there. But people to be allowed to express themselves and still have power, mm-hmm. I guess would be the way that I'd say that. Well, I would say that softer is not necessarily even a negative way of putting it, you know, but yep. you are so ingrained uh, in society to associate softness with femininity and uh, stoicism with masculinity that to even say something is soft, you, you think people are going to take it in a negative way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think soft can go both sides of the street for sure. You know, no, I'm sure a woman doesn't want to be called soft. A man doesn't want to be called whatever the situation well, is. Well, because it's there. like, I know that's like one of the biggest hockey insults out there, right? Like, oh, you're soft. Like, get up. Yeah, but I, and I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I say I would tell someone they're soft because it means they're not being strong. That's the only thing. It would have no connotation to their sex whatsoever. It would just be like, you're weak. You're soft. That's You're like something that can break that makes you soft, right? That's, you're bendable. That's what I mean when I would ever say that. And I mean it when I say it to those people because they are being soft. Probably. It's okay yeah, to be I would actually, It's okay to bend. I was just going to say, soft doesn't necessarily mean you're going to break. If you're hard, you're much more likely to break, actually. Right. Yeah. So. No. We're just talking hockey chirps right now. Yeah, at this this I don't think there's a lot of, there's not a lot that goes behind the mental state of those at all. It's kind of in the moment. Most of them don't even make sense. I know. So. It's just talking about sports. I don't know. But there is like, even just thinking about it like that is a thing where hard is presumed, presumed to be strong, right? And so like, that is a thing of men should be hard and women should be soft. But actually, technically being hard is what causes men to break like that's why we have horrible things in the real world this is whatever but suicide rates among men are higher because men break (laughs) because they are being hard like it's a toxic masculinity thing that hurts men is this idea that hard is strong it's not hard is not strong no hard is a different thing yeah yeah so um i'll write to kanye i guess and just uh send him a copy of this episode and let him know that he's going to need to change the lyrics to harder better faster stronger exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah softer mushy empathy <laughs> well no, empathy. There's, stronger <laughs> there's pros and cons to both right like i mean it's not good to just let yourself be sunken into as being soft all the time like there's good and bad to both sides it's just one is not better than the other and one is not stronger than the other and one is not weaker than the other would be my take on that. For sure. And because Chance touched on it, I think it's a natural segue now to move into some of um, certainly an issue we all have experience with, but obviously uh, I would say mine and Chance's experience may be limited to the fandom itself. And Jenny, your experience is much more pervasive in real life. And that's and that's the racism kind of within the fandom and and notably and I did brief Virgil on this when the casting that's kind of that harkening back to our first episode but when you know we we saw the casting announcement and to have um, BIPOC actors cast in these 
leading roles of fingers crossed a seven or eight season epic fantasy tv series and 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 you know to have these people be filling our screens like the, these i'm i'm hopeful that what on prime is going to be as big as one division mm-hmm. um where it just commanded the globe's attention and people want to see what's happening i don't know if we'll ever necessarily get back to game of thrones level don't tell ray if i said that but i think certainly to a point where people are following it with rabid fervor and tweeting about it if you promise a better ending than game of thrones i think you'll you'll get the fandom that you want our ending doesn't suck (laughs) i mean we we have an yeah. ending. We yes. got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went to completion. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, I don't know, Jenny, maybe maybe if you kind of want to guide this discussion just in terms of um, racism and kind of what you've been exposed to, especially as someone who, who put yourself out there in the community as a black memoji floating head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's weird, actually. I mean, I guess it's not weird because this was in my brain, but literally, you know, an hour ago, I was talking about this, how, you know, you have a mental image of characters in your brain. And just because of what fantasy is and always has been, when I was reading the books, all of the characters were white, except for, I think, one character who is very and incredibly specifically described as black. To the point where, like, I think Jordan was like, I, I, they need to know. They need to know this character is not white. Well, and the best part about that, if you want to speak to what Fresh Prince of Ravens told us today about one of his college oh. buddies. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's in my Discord. <laughs> but uh, they did not notice that that specific character was black because um, they they didn't talk black. <laughs> What does what does a black fantasy character talk like? <laughs> yes. Whatever language they speak. <laughs> it's I don't know. It resulted in me like thinking of different ways that a racist might think a black fantasy character would talk and then just <laughs> Anyway. Uh it's, anyway, it's insane. The whole thing is insane. And yes, uh Prince of Ravens reaction to that was very correct of just yeah this is a person i may not need to hang out with anymore this is just not a good person but um yes so even when i was reading the books they were all white in my head just because that's what fantasy characters are and there's one video of mine that you can actually watch um where i talked about this when i saw the casting uh my favorite character was and i mean you can see me if you see her, I don't look like her. She is stunning. She is absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. But she is a light-skinned Black woman who had hair in pretty much the exact same style as me. And I saw that and I almost started crying. Because that, in in my entire life, I've never read a book that wasn't a book that was like, this is a book about Black people and the Black experience. I've never read a book where the my favorite character looked like me. That's never happened in my entire life. And to see her portrayed on screen like that, I I hadn't expected it. It wasn't like a reaction of just, I've been waiting my whole life for representation and here it is. Like, I didn't know until I saw it that it was going to hit me like that. And it did. Like, I kind of teared up when I saw it. And then the uh, vitriol from, (laughs) from the fandom about it, 
aside from just the inaccuracy of it, because whatever, it was hurtful because it was saying to me that I can't imagine myself in this world unless I'm a side character, unless I'm background, unless I'm, you know, somebody there to, I was about to say add color. And I didn't mean that in a race way, but (laughs) (laughs) to to add color to a scene, that's the only way I can be in this this story. And uh, that hurt. Like it was just, no. And like the comments are always like, well, write your own stories. Like, you know, black people have been writing stories for ages and they don't get made into television shows because white people don't read them because white people cannot put themselves in a black person like what they can't identify. And I'm not, I'm saying, I'm speaking in generalities. I'm assuming that you all can, but it is a thing like that white people will read a book about black people and see it as an other. Whereas because minorities, we are used to seeing white people all over the place. We can identify with a white character. And so stories about black people don't get made nearly as much because white people won't go watch them. And so telling us to go write our own stories as if it hasn't been happening is bullshit just out out there. And also also telling us, we have to wait. We have to wait for white people to catch up and to realize that they can uh, spend money on our movies or for black people to have enough power to get our stuff made. It's basically saying, you know, wait your turn and like, fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. The fact that you have to like justify the existence of someone with a similar skin tone to you in a fantasy world that could take place 6,000 years from now mm-hmm. is I, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that you haven't said, Jenny. I'm just going to yell into the void with you because um, my, my hurt at your need to explain that you have a place in society and that seeing you as in or seeing someone like you in the role of a lead character this shouldn't be abnormal this shouldn't be an attack on whiteness this should be a reflection of inclusiveness and also a reflection of you know the hopeful world yeah well absolutely well um and i think that that was 100 percent in keeping with RJ's original vision, because one thing that is not questioned is this idea that when all of the indicators are left unsaid and everything is basically left blank, we assume a character is white. When we get and no information, when we get no information, we just start with that default picture in our head. Well, until I hear otherwise, this character is white. And to me, it's like, well, if you leave it open, that means you leave it open. And so what's interesting to me, Jenny, is that like when I read the books um, and I got to a certain uh, conversation uh, between a couple of characters, I started to realize, oh, wait a second. I don't think these characters are actually white, like not all of them, because of the way this character is being described compared to uh, the other characters that we know. And, you know... Um, at that point, I was like, oh, well, based on this new information, because, of course, we just default to white first, that's when I thought, oh, well, maybe they're more like Native American in appearance or uh, Southern European or North African or something, you know. And so I, from that point on, I started imagining them that way. 
So when I saw the casting, I was like, oh, okay. So they, they saw this the same way I did, that there was a, a much wider range of skin tones, hair textures, et cetera, than perhaps we would have assumed just from the cover art and from, you know, the lack of any information, you know, for a while. Yeah. I would also say it because I have had that argument with people being like, but the cover art, the cover art is notoriously hated by the community. So are to- we going to talk about <laughs> small parent again? Like, what the fuck? You can't base anything on that. But the other thing I wanted to say, though, is even if I honestly, my opinion is if a story, if the if race is not a part of the story, then it shouldn't be a part of the decision making in the casting. Like, not literally zero part of the story changes because Perrin is black. Like nothing, nothing in the story hinges on the fact that his hair needs to be straight or curly or his skin needs to be brown. Like nothing in the story hinges on that. If Frodo is Korean, haha, shout out to my Koreans, like nothing in the story changes from Lord of the Rings at all. Unless you can tell me how it changes, then tell me why it's so important that the character's race be white. I, I cannot, if if somebody opened up a, a notebook of Robert Jordan's and saw in there that it said, all of these characters are Caucasian, I still don't think it would matter. I cannot, nothing in the story changes. So why? Why does it matter? Sorry, I'm a little bit passionate about this. No, I, I fucking love it and I'm here for it. And um, I mean, everyone listening is here for it too um, because this is an important subject and this is something that we absolutely need to, to have more voices speak about. And it's just the importance of representation, but more than that, the importance of normalizing more than white skin tones on TV and of like more than just white people playing like i am so sick of the white savior get off my screen let me also say it helps like i had problems with game of thrones because there were just so many white people on screen that i could not tell them apart for a while (laughs) like it was just okay wait no was that that white guy or was it the other white guy i'm not sure because they're all white guys if you add some diversity it helps it actually helps i can see that yeah but that might also be people do have trouble <laughs> seeing, differentiating people of other races. That has been scientifically proven. So that might just be a me problem. <laughs> so. No, I think I have a hard time telling white people apart too. Okay. <laughs> Literally every guy in that show, except for like two of them had brown or black hair. Yeah. Like, they're, like, uh, they're, like what was it? Um, the terrible, terrible, terrible king. Little Joffrey? kid, Joffrey. Joffrey. He was like the only... He was blonde and then the Targaryens were blonde and that was pretty much Yeah, it. Joffrey then, was the one whose name I knew for the for yeah. a while. The, fun, like, the funny <laughs> thing is it took me a long time to watch Game of Thrones. I just watched it, I think, like two years ago. Me too. And me too. I, I'd seen a lot of clips of it though. And then the clips, everyone looked the same in it. Like you're all just like, okay, cool. Everyone's like jacked which is great <laughs> apparently like everyone just worked out back then mm-hmm, well, actually mm-hmm. they physically had to but and then they all had brown curly hair and they were a white guy yeah. and i was like okay I, cool. I was literally it's, and a beard yeah yeah i literally was like okay there were the old white guys and there were young white guys and then there was joffrey that was yeah. what was happening in my head for a while yeah, <laughs> so. yeah there wasn't even any like redheads in the show now yeah, they were until we got to Tormund. I, I have gone off for a bit. So please, someone else talk. 
<laughs> no, I, I think I'm, I, I'm kind of ready to bookend the conversation on, um, on Jenny's perspective, uh, unless anyone else has anything else they'd like to add, kind of building on that um, and what we've talked about today. Uh, I'm hopeful that the voices and what what we're we're hearing a lot of now is is book readers in, like their headcanon is of white characters so i'm genuinely hopeful that when the show comes out and we just have zoe robbins playing nynaeve mm-hmm. that people just embrace that and they accept that and and this pervasive and continuous screeching from the minority of people who refuse to believe that Nynaeve could be played by a black woman is mm-hmm. so is just diminished by the overwhelming love that I'm hopeful is going to come for her character yeah. from, you know, the never readers from the viewers who are just here to watch uh, this amazing cast um, on, on TV. We've heard from Madeline Madden, who's playing Egwene. Mm-hmm. She's uh, the indigenous Australian. If you recall, uh, she has said that the casting room for Watt when she went in was the most diverse casting room she's ever been a part of, which means that they are casting not based on skin color, but based on talent. And isn't that a world that we all want to live in? Yeah. So yeah. isn't this the chemistry that we want to bring to the show? And isn't it going to hopefully bring in that many more viewers all around the globe who are excited to see not just representation, but beautiful talent on screen yeah i think i just want to say thank you i think you've changed my mentality alone jenny on how i'm going to read everything i need to have a a way better view of things i don't care if it's like i've said jane patterson a million times because i'm i just read all those books all the time they're Mm -hmm. kind of just a page turner but every single character from now on i need to uh you know be better at that myself so thank you very much for that i really really appreciate this insight this has been fantastic for me as a person just to hear all of this too so we can all be better. Everyone's got to try. I'm not saying I was a terrible human being to start, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I'm saying I can totally see the room for improvement that you've shown me uh, in another place. So thanks okay. for that. Really appreciate it. And thank you. And like, I don't want to say that anybody's bad who thought the characters are white. I did. I pictured them as white. Like that, I just, cause that's what we're used to. It's fine. I just, the, like the, what Delusion said about the, the continual screeching, the fact that people still now are like today, I bet you if I went in a Watt group somewhere, somebody has posted about hating the casting because they're not white. Like the fact that it's people are still angry about it now is the the toxic part. Like if a person when they first saw the casting was like, ah, that's not like that's different from my headcanon. It's uncomfortable, but I can get that sort of, oh, that's not what I expected. It's a like people a year in are still angry about it. And that is messed up. It's messed up. But that says more about them than it does about. Yeah. yeah. And we all have uh, attitudes and prejudices and things that we have to notice and, you know, actually work towards uh, getting rid of. So it's not a bad thing to recognize, oh, wait, I actually had some problematic uh, ideas about things. I need to work on that. Like, that's not a bad thing. That's, it's actually a good thing to recognize it and work on it. Yeah. Like I, I, like I said, I did it too. I feel like in talking about this just for my channel and stuff, realizing that I default to white and I shouldn't default to white, obviously, because I am not a white person. I know that white is not the default because I exist, <laughs> but I do it too because of the world that I live in. And 
but we shouldn't we shouldn't default to white either though like no one should we should be open to anything until it's specified yeah and so being willing to stretch yourself is i think that is a good thing and definitely learning from it i remember when i first saw the cast i felt overwhelming shame with myself for only reading the characters as white and it was actually seeing dorito when i looked at that when i looked at that casting i said i i was just i was just so embarrassed and so ashamed of myself for not recognizing that he was black and and not seeing that in the text and just whitewashing this character um just deep shame and i've kind of gotten over the shame part in 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 large part because of my our our discussions with jenny um it's like it's okay for me to recognize where that came from and to grow and to move on from it and to hopefully in the future when reading books to allow characters to be whatever color you know either if they're described or not um but not to do this default setting of of whitewashing so um, with that, thank you so much, ladies, uh, for coming on and uh, for providing some valuable insight. Uh, Chance, where can we get a hold of you? I don't know. I don't really, I mean, I don't really do Twitter. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really do much with it. I'm on Discord more than anything. So if you want to yell at me and tell me I'm wrong and tell me I'm stupid, definitely come to Discord and I will engage with you. Yes, Absolutely. Please. Or us all I love to watch it when it happens. Yes. And <laughs> such a bully. Yeah. And on You're Facebook. So yes. Like and on Facebook, if, if you want to have a, a knockdown drag out fight about all of this, I'm happy to engage with you. Um, I'm all over Facebook saying mean things to people, so look for me there. Um, but yeah, that's where you yeah. can find me. Shansony Troll Hunter deflating bigots across facebook discord youtube uh you'll always find her in jenny's comment section highly recommend going to give those a read uh jenny my dear friend where can we find you uh well on youtube i am lesbian nerdy and as i have learned i have to say type in the whole name because uh if you only type in the first half it's uh different result than I, me. So uh, lesbian space nerdy. Also, I have a Twitter. I'm not as good on Twitter. I'm learning, I'm, but I am an old, so I have trouble <laughs> with Twitter. But uh, I, And I'm on Discord, like Chance, all the time. So, <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yes. And um, of course, Jenny's Discord and uh, Twitter and YouTube will be linked um, in the description below. Uh, Feather and Mountain Podcast, you can find us Twitter, Discord, we're in the little nook of the wheel reads. We do live recordings that are uh, currently open for all. Um, we're on Instagram sometimes, and you can email us at featherandmountainpodcast.com. Uh, for this episode, you can send your hate mail to smash the patriarchy at timesup.com. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Verge, any final thoughts or musings oh virgil's quergils what am i thinking virgil's quergils what you got for us verge i have no questions today i learned today and i need to soak this in usually i have a pretty good question for delusions about something that i've learned today but we didn't dive into characters thank you for doing that by the way and so i think today is a big day of absorbing so my only question 
is to myself as I leave today. So just thanks again for this. This was great. I really, really appreciate you guys coming on with us. And uh, yeah, let's do the next episode. Uh, so take care, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.